Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Where to Go, your personal guide to the world's best travel destinations. I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And I'm James Atkinson, Online Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And today we're coming a little closer to home and we're talking all things London. Yes, we are. So um, where to start? London is a city which everyone knows about and yet it's impossible to really know everything about. Uh, even when you live here, you might have wondered Whitehall and Westminster with their iconic sites and regal architecture or seen history intermingling with the modern city at London Bridge or St Paul's. Maybe you've roamed the Royal Parks or found peace on the rolling fields and peaceful woodlands of Hampstead Heath or dived into the nightlife and foodie scene of East London. London is a city with so many sides and really does offer something for everyone. For context, we're recording this in November 2020 and the UK is currently in the middle of a month-long lockdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Shops, restaurants and bars are once again closed as the country attempts to turn the corner on the virus. So to discuss the unique scenario the city finds itself in, as well as reasons for future visits, today we're joined by blogger, lecturer, public speaker and author Julie Falconer, also known as a lady in London. Uh, so welcome, Julie. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hi, it's good to be here. It's really nice to have you join us. I'm so excited to talk about London as well. It's going to be <laughs> yes. a good episode. Um, exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a subject we're actually experts on. We should have some good discussions for sure. So just to explain the format today, we're going to explore the past, present and future of London, looking at Julie's relationship with the city before the events of 2020, how the city has coped during the year and what the future holds. Uh, so we're going to talk, start by uh, looking at London sort of pre-COVID, pre-2020. Um, so Julie, uh, you originally moved to London from San Francisco, right? I did. Uh, so when did you first move over and was it kind of planned? I first moved over in 2007, so it's been a oh. while now. And it was planned, but not entirely planned. <laughs> so I got a visa and I did the whole thing, you know, uh, legally and all of that. But I came over on a visa that 
no longer exists anymore, but it allowed me to live and work in the UK without being tied to a specific job or employer. So Mm -hmm. I could come, um, take a job, leave a job, do whatever I wanted to do. And so I had quit my job. I was working at a hedge fund in San Francisco as a macroeconomic analyst. And I quit my job, got the visa, and then moved over here with no job. Um, And I knew I didn't want to work in banking anymore, but I didn't (laughs) know what I did want to do. So I kind of just thought, okay, I'll, I'll go to London um, and the visa was for two years. So I thought I'll see London and do something for two years and then go home. And now it's been 13 and I'm still not home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why London? What was it about London that tempted you? Yeah, I mean, part of it is I like this part of the world. I'd spent some time studying abroad in Europe and working mm. for summers in Europe. And my grandmother was from Glasgow, so I have okay. some British roots. Um, cool. So it just made sense um, linguistically, culturally. Um, again, it was fairly easy back then for Americans to get visas to live and work mm. here. So sure. it all kind of pointed me to London. And what, what made you stay? I just absolutely love the city. It's um, it's huge. I'm never, ever going to feel like I'm done exploring <laughs> and seeing everything I, there is to see. And um, it's such an international city. And I love that, yeah. you know, you meet people here from all over the world. And there's such a great mix of cultures. And the history here is amazing, especially for me being American. We don't have as much history nearly as um, London does. And just to walk down the street and see buildings that are centuries old, is, mm. it's never gets old. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a lot here that I love. And you've adapted to the cold weather. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that one. Definitely. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever be. I mean, I'm from the north and I, I, still, I still struggle. <laughs> um, but kind of, uh, so what are your favourite areas? Like, where do you currently live and where do you like to kind of go? And, and what kind of sold you on London? Yeah, I mean, there's so many areas that I love. I I started out when I moved to London living in Hampstead, and that's always still one of my favorites because it's such a little village and it feels like you have this great mix of um, kind of feeling like you're in in the countryside but still being in the city. And Hampstead Heath is such an amazing park um, and the views from there are great. So that's definitely one of my favorites. But when it comes to sort of central London areas, I absolutely love Covent Garden. Um, They've done such a nice job kind of mixing... um, elements that are attractive to visitors but also really Mm. great areas for locals good restaurants great shopping it's just a nice place to be so i'd say that's another favorite and then now i live in south london um and it's been so great to get to know south london better because i really hadn't spent much time down here before i moved and um i loved like sort of more local neighborhoods like hern hill it has a great market Mm. on sundays and dulwich with dulwich park and there's just so much here it's i could go on and on and on <laughs> yeah because it's, it's it's quite a big it's it's almost quite a big thing moving south of the river in london isn't yeah, it it's like yeah. a, a, it a, is. i think it's a kind of almost a rite of passage it like is. people get older and they move I, south it's uh that's it so i turned 30 earlier this year and i was julie i was thinking about moving to south london and all my east london friends were like don't do it you're not ready yet <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I have one friend who was born and raised in West London, and I think she almost excommunicated me as a friend when I moved south. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can happen. The, the, the debate is real. Yes, it, is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But uh, you've kind of made your name really as, as a London expert and actually kind of probably having that kind of view of, of not growing up in London, but coming into London with a with a, almost a fresh pair of eyes and being able to see it objectively, I guess, mm. um, uh, is probably is, is one of the ways in which, you know, your blog is so fantastic to read. Um, mm. So how do you kind of, do you regularly kind of pre-pandemic, did you kind of regularly explore London? Did you push yourself to go to new areas? 
and see new things. Definitely. And I think that's one of the things that I've appreciated so much about running a blog, especially a blog called A Lady in London, um, mm. because it really pushes me to get out and explore all the time, even if there are days when it's sort of the weather's not great or it's raining a bit. And I think, oh, it'd be really nice to just kind of stay at home all day. And then I think, nope, I need to get content. I need to go explore. People are counting on me to tell them more yeah. about London, um, which <laughs> yeah. is great for me because then it gets me out of my, my sort of normal routine or my comfort zones and I'm always exploring and, and it's always so rewarding when I do. And and how about sort of, you know, potential visitors? Is there somewhere that you'd say you must go to, you know, this particular neighborhood or this hidden place where are kind of, you know, if your family or friends were coming over, where would you tell them to, to go? Yeah, I mean, I think because London's so big and there's so much here, I usually ask people what they're interested in before directing mm. them to a specific place because I have places that I absolutely love like Hampstead and Covent Garden. I love West London. I love Kensington and South Kensington. I lived around there for a while. I love East London, all the street art. But it's mm. it, so many places are so different and you sure. might love them if you're into that and you might really just kind of go, uh, this is not my thing if you're not. So I try to, I try to gear my recommendations towards put what people are interested in. Sure. And actually, as you said earlier, London is so massive. Yeah. It's kind of a, a city of cities, isn't it? Yeah. Each each kind of neighbourhood does have its own real character. It really does. Yeah. Every neighbourhood could almost be its own town or village. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really like a kind of catch all place. Right. It's, it's kind of, you know, if you're into music and art, then go to maybe go to East London. If you're kind of uh, into more kind of, I don't know, cultural heritage and and, and, yeah. uh, and sort of really nice neighbourhood restaurants and stuff. West London is maybe for you. Yeah. There's there's all sorts of different almost microcosms yes. of, of London. And, uh, you know, one of the things I love most about it is it's, uh, it, it, I was kind of explaining to a friend from, uh, from where I grew up about how you make your own London. Mm. It's almost like, uh, you know, there's bits of London that I never go to or haven't been to for like three or four years or mm. something like that. And but bits that I go to pre pre pandemic, like kind yes. of every week. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you kind of make your own geography and it's really one of those places that can be flexible like that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things about it is it can kind of be all things to all people, depending who you are and where you want to be. So in a kind of normal week pre-pandemic, where like say you were having a weekend, you weren't having to sort of force yourself to go anywhere new <laughs> to write a, write a piece or anything, where would you traditionally like to sort of go out and, and, Ooh, and see yeah, people? <laughs> to be honest, because my friends live so spread out all over London, we always tend to gravitate mm. towards central London. So it usually tends mm. to be Soho because there's great nightlife and great restaurants mm-hmm. there. Um, again, sometimes Covent Garden, sometimes somewhere, you know, more Mayfair area, sometimes more along the South Bank. Um, so yeah, I'd say central for, for sure. And then, um, you know, depending who's up for what and what we want to do somewhere in there yeah how about you james what was was Uh, yours uh, well well uh, you know we live near the south bank so usually force people to go (laughs) (laughs) there's there's always quite a lot going on but um but yeah quite often um i also have friends kind of spread out quite quite far so friends who are in deeper southeast london in north london um a couple west london um generally most people have tried stayed slightly east but yeah stoke newington always comes up uh angel um old street um kind of that whole like kind of corridor down the east um, yeah but usually involving the northern line which is is lucky for me um that's great yeah and how about lucy uh you lucy uh, like you've, got, you've kind of got a bit of an east london crowd right yeah i have got a bit of an east london crowd so we tend to kind of stick east whether that's as you say sort of north of the river up to stoke newington islington you know um or south lewisham greenwich um and then just nights out in dalston 
It's got to yeah, be dulls. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But as you said, Judy, I've got quite quite a few friends scattered. And that's been really hard. I know we'll come on to it, but that's been hard in the pandemic. Not not to see my friends in Wimbledon because right. they're yeah. in Wimbledon and I'm, you know, northeast of the river and they're southwest. So that's been quite tough. Yeah. Yeah, we um, uh, speaking of Covent Garden as well. Our our, our office, um, we've moved office during the pandemic, which is really weird. Where most of us haven't been to a new office, oh, well. but our old office was near Covent Garden, and I was so used to going to that area. Yes. It's been yeah. so weird, kind of going around it now without people. Um, yeah, it's not really the same at all. Um, no. So yeah, and uh, can you sort of tell us a, a, a few of your sort of favorite travel stories um, since you since you moved to London? Yeah. Um- to be honest, my probably my favorite London travel story was before I actually ever even moved here. I was um, okay. studying abroad in Prague when I was a student, and I came to London for a weekend to visit a friend who was studying here. And um, mm-hmm. it was one of those winter days where it snowed and all the London airports shut down and my flight got canceled. And then I got on another <laughs> flight and it ended up, was just sort of this 9,000 hour process to get to London. And by the time I got here, I was so exhausted. And I, my friend met me at Heathrow and I remember she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, all I want to do is see Big Ben. I just wanted to see Big Ben. <laughs> so she put me on the tube and we went to, to Westminster and we got off the tube and I'll just never forget that first glimpse of Big Ben. It just made me so happy happy oh. and every time I see Big Ben now I always think of that and it still puts a <laughs> smile on my face so that's probably my favorite London <laughs> travel story <laughs> even with all the scaffolding around yeah it. yeah even now <laughs> yeah. even now that you can barely see it <laughs> yeah I mean I, I have no idea when that's supposed to come off but yeah. hopefully at yeah, some I hope point so too. too I miss it but yeah I'm, I mean that's kind of um you know uh, Big Ben and uh, so so many landmarks of London are so uh, sort of associated yeah. with the city, mm. and I guess like you know if you've been wanting to see it, that that being your first sight of it would be quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think for a lot of people, I've noticed this with my um, sort of followers on Instagram and readers of A Lady mm. in London that people. Even, you know, no matter what you talk about, when you go back to those landmarks, Big Ben, the Tower of London, you know, London Eye, people just get so excited because I think for a lot of people, those are the things that mean London to them, which is great. Yeah, I still get a thrill when I see Tower Bridge, you know, Mm. I still, Mm, even Tower Bridge is just an amazing, beautiful landmark. And even now, having lived, worked in London for years, I still am like, oh my God, it's London tower bridge right there yeah it is quite surreal i i I used to walk to work via waterloo bridge and you'd look up and down this uh, up and down the river and you'd see so many different landmarks from the wheel to the to tower bridge to um to uh, all of the huge buildings along the river yeah you know sometimes do a double take it 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 is one of those cities that really combines living history with the with a kind of modern scene yeah modern, modern way of living yeah um, I feel like I'm selling London to myself. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, how it was. But uh, we'll kind of get on to um, actually, you know, London has been really affected by COVID mm. this year. And um, in this next section, we'll talk a little bit about how it's kind of, it's kind of changed and how, how we've been exploring a bit more of it as well. Great. So now we're discussing the present and how London has changed during the pandemic. For context, we're recording this in early November. And as previously mentioned, London is currently undergoing a second lockdown. In fact, we are um, almost exactly halfway through that we are. second lockdown. That's right? it. Yes. Yes. So, um, well, provided it, it doesn't well, yes, go on exactly. past, yes. past the second of yeah. uh, 
second of December. So, um, so Julie, how have you kind of, um, firstly, how have you been finding this current lockdown? Has, has it been any different to the, to the previous one? You know, for me personally, it's been very different because I was in Dubai for work in October and I had mm. to self-isolate for 14 days when I got ah. home. So I couldn't actually even leave my flat for two weeks. Ah. So ah. I got out of self-isolation um, kind of during the first week of the lockdown. So for me, it felt like total freedom. I'd never felt so much <laughs> <laughs> liberation in my life. And everybody else around me was thinking and saying, oh, gosh, you know, I, I'm so sad we can't go anywhere. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, it feels like I can you, go anywhere. Are you so, making snow angels in the autumn leaves? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's yeah, it's been very strange for me feeling the opposite of kind of everybody else. But I'm now that I've been out kind of in the, the open world for a, a week and a half or so, I'm, I am starting to feel a little bit the same as everybody else is now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we, uh, you know, obviously starting from March, we really kind of I think it was it March the sixteenth or something yes, like that. Was. We were locked down from, and yeah. that felt like it was kind of never ending, really. And, yeah. it, and it, this is quite a strange phenomenon at the minute where it feels like we've kind of gone back into uh into more of the same but it yeah it is slightly different we can you know go out as many times as we want in the day we can meet people outside it's ever so slightly different but i guess the main advantage really is it just has that kind of hopeful ending point where yes. we'll be able to start seeing people again yes i don't know how you guys found the first one but it was they never made any promises they never suggested any dates did they they just said they would re- review it every three weeks or every four weeks and it felt it did feel never-ending whereas I think, as you say, James, it, the likelihood is they will extend this one. But I feel like there is a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, which is leaving me feeling a bit more optimistic. Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. helpful, I think. I mean, I think also we, we uh, maybe there's a bit of a difference this time around in terms of we know how to approach a lockdown and we know yes. how to kind of get out there, <laughs> what to see and what to do. And I was yeah. kind of wondering, Julie, obviously, as we mentioned in the first section, you know, part of your job and and your whole blog is really exploring London sharing like kind of uh you know uh, different area guides and and showcasing the city to to the world really um have you actually found anything new in the city have you found Mm. like kind of new sides to it you know I really have one of the things that's been nice is that despite my blog being called A Lady in London, it's actually about travel all over the world. And so Mm -hmm. most of the time, pre-pandemic, I'm traveling constantly. And so, you know, I'm lucky if I have a couple of weekends every few months in London to really get out and explore. And so being locked down has actually been nice in a way because I've had so much more time to explore London, Um, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, my own neighborhood, but also just walking um, to places like Greenwich, Mm -hmm. um, getting Mm -hmm. to know places, again, a lot of South London that I can walk to from my flat, but it takes takes a while to get there yes um but now that I kind of have all the time in the world it's sort of like okay why not take a four and a half hour walk today (laughs) I have nothing else to do um so it's been great that I've discovered a lot of places that I hadn't either spent much time before or that I had been to before but Mm. hadn't um you know maybe seen the side streets I've explored a ton of Greenwich and there's some beautiful beautiful streets there that I just never seen because I always just usually go to Greenwich Park or go to you know the National Maritime Museum the obvious places so it's been great that's really cool I think that's definitely something of uh you see so many people out and about walking um I think the 
you know, anyone who's ever visited London will know the tube. And I guess yeah. maybe maybe the first t- couple of times you go, I remember like a friend who moved down here and like the, their first week in London, they were like, I get to take the tube every day. It's brilliant. It's great. <laughs> oh. But actually kind of, it's so interesting when that's taken away from you when people aren't are trying not to use it and actually seeing how much of the city is walkable or yeah. cyclable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like how far you can really go. I mean, as you say, you live in sort of South London, right? And, and four hours to Greenwich it's not actually that bad really (laughs) and and probably quite a scenic route along the way exactly and as you said then discovering new things that you wouldn't have found had you have got public transport there exactly yeah and just new neighborhoods I mean you know I had never been to Deptford before and now I've seen all the sort of hipster cafes and bars and things (laughs) in Deptford I didn't yeah yeah, and I never would have probably discovered that had I not had to walk to Greenwich because I couldn't use public transport sure Deptford's super cool. Yeah. There's like a there's, there's cool. like a vegan pub down there that's really really good. Oh nice! Um, and I'm not a vegan, but that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> high praise from me. Uh, but yeah, there's there's um uh, you know I think there's all sorts of different neighbourhoods in in London that you know sometimes pass you by. Really, it's almost impossible to explore the whole thing. Um, how about you, Lucy? Have you found anything new? Um, have I found anything new? Well, my my weekends tend to ping pong between going to Victoria Park and London Fields, which I think all of East London chooses between. Um, but last weekend, I walked down to Limehouse Basin um, and then along to Wapping. And I did know, mm. I do know Wapping, but much like Julie's saying, actually going sort of from here, walking through Limehouse Basin, that was a really different way of, of, of seeing it. And it was lovely. And it was really quiet because everyone's in Victoria Park or London Fields. That's the whole canal route, isn't it? Yes. Going, going down there from Victoria Park. So. Yeah, and the canals, I must be honest, uh, are really busy, really like horribly yeah. busy. So I've been trying to avoid the canal pass. So actually, yeah, Limehouse Basin and then down to Wapping. And then if you keep walking along, you'll get to Tower, the wonderful Tower Bridge. So that's a really lovely walking route. Yeah, yeah. Um I've been I've been using this time to run quite a lot and um uh as I keep boring people with um <laughs> but but it's it's kind of again it's really interesting how quickly you can go and actually from where I am here I managed to get to uh, run to Battersea Park in about 25 minutes the other day and wow. just something that I thought was like really really far away actually isn't Is at it? all yeah. and then like did a little loop of that and then kind of came down the north bank and past the Tate and everything in London you know it's so big and so massive but it's actually quite close together and it's quite easy to to see these things so I think that is a kind of maybe a silver lining of the pandemic really yeah yeah and I think it's a silver lining of not taking public transport because I never realized how close a lot of things were either until I walked and then I thought oh my gosh wow I've always just taken the tube but it's only actually a 20 minute walk and it's a really nice walk too or you know something like that and kind of how how has your sort of like lockdown been personally you said about like not being able to uh not being able to travel as much and things like that uh have you been kind of uh okay with that or has it been kind of a bit of a sort of stop start year it's yeah it's I've been through phases sometimes I just think gosh it's so nice to not be traveling all the time and to just actually be able to relax a bit and enjoy London more and other times I think oh my gosh I just have a bit of cabin fever I want (laughs) to get out and see the world and explore again um so yeah and I think I think I've talked to a lot of people who kind of feel the same way and um you know one day you're good the next day you're kind of feeling like everything's a catastrophe and the next day you're fine again so <laughs> I think that's maybe locked on life you put it so sure. succinctly that's 100% agree with that and have you been able to kind of like get away yourselves like obviously we've had very limited like kind of abilities to travel abroad uh we had that one week where everything suddenly those 20 
something countries that we could go to and then and then it was taken away like two weeks later um or have you done any like staycations in the uk yeah so i went to poland over the summer for work um, which was a trip i was supposed to take in april but obviously didn't do that and then we rescheduled it for august so that was great to be able to get away for a few days and then um i actually took a a number of day trips from london which was Mm. really nice so over the summer i did a big um, country walk with some friends um just out in seven oaks in kent so really close to london I'm, I'm oh great the woods <laughs> oh it was it was beautiful out there and it was so nice to get into the countryside and just take a long walk and and then I did a couple of day trips to um uh Hastings out on the coast nice. and Deal um in Kent um and it was just yeah it's really nice I don't sometimes forget how easy it is just to go for a day somewhere in England you're right we're really especially where London's positioned you can sort of zip along to Suffolk or you know Surrey the north and south downs you've got Kent there there's actually a Oxford and Cambridge you've got so many different kinds of places right on London's Mm. doorsteps we're very lucky that we can quickly escape the city for for a change of scene yeah yeah and it's definitely I I mean I think it's been necessary this year just to get out of the city sometimes I know we were saying (laughs) extolling all the virtues of like spending all this time in London but actually it can be nice to get out of the city sometimes I'm sure that's the case with any city though I don't think it's just London but that kind of that is it's quite an exhausting way of life isn't it it is even if you I think you are you know born and bred city dweller I think it is nice to get a change of scene I mean as we said in the last podcast you saw those massive traffic jams coming out of Paris like London is definitely not alone (laughs) (laughs) exactly with people wanting to escape sometimes um and julie from what you've seen of of london during during this time um have you seen any kind of innovative responses um uh, to sort of how like restaurants have responded to mm. um to the lockdown or cultural institutions yeah there's been a lot of that i think the the kind of most fun one i saw was over the summer a lot of the streets in Soho, um, they just kind of closed the streets to cars and put tables out and all the mm. restaurants were just kind of operating in the middle of the streets with tables and people were out drinking and dining. And it was just a really nice way to kind of cope with the pandemic, but also make it much more livable and enjoyable at the same time. Um, mm. And then I've seen a lot of kind of cultural institutions, museums and things, moving a lot of things online or mm. doing online talks or online, um, you know, uh, instructional kind of lessons and things like that. So I think I think it's been great to see how people have really stepped up to the challenge and kind of coped with this whole situation. Do you think that London kind of embraced it? Do you think they responded to the lockdown quite positively or was there resistance in your opinion? I think there was a bit of both. Um, I think Mm. it kind of depended probably who you ask and and how people (laughs) saw the whole situation um, through their own personal views and things like that um and I think some people kind of said okay let's make the most of this and I think other people kind of said I'm really unhappy with how this is either being handled by the government or how you know this is affecting my personal life or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and I think it's just been hard on everybody so I, I I can empathize either way yeah 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 for sure I think it has been kind of cool to see I mean, it's been really devastating, obviously, for restaurants, for museums, for um, for theatres, especially yeah, as theaters, well. Um, yeah. But uh, but there has been some kind of like funny quirks to it. Almost, I was, I was talking to Lucy just before uh, before you joined the call about how last night I we just walked past our <laughs> local pub and there was like a little uh, sign saying like "Ring here for beer." <laughs> <laughs> pressed the button and then this guy like kind of came outside and uh and and you know ultimately handed us two pints and we sat 
sat down in the freezing cold outside the pub. Like, <laughs> Briti- British the, scene you could possibly imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's great. Uh, uh, so the wonderful Gladstone Arms in Borough, by the way, if anyone was wondering. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. It, it's so British, and I think there is like a kind of one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about about the about London during this whole time is there's be, there's still been elements of fun uh, to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how the city's approached it like lots of people you know for better or worse out in the parks uh walking around like kind of um lots of outdoor dining options and food markets and things like that have still been yeah. going on the city hasn't slept basically, yeah like, no so. and i also found i think particularly during the first lockdown that londoners have a bit of a reputation for being standoffish and rude um but actually i don't know if i don't really remember if that was the case beforehand but cause it <laughs> feels like an eternity ago but i do remember when we were kind of in lockdown and and things maybe could reopen a bit that everyone was just so friendly like they would give you a wide berth on the pavement but mm-hmm. actually people were saying hello and how are you and smiling more which i think has been a real positive thing to come out of come out of the city yeah absolutely i think i think that there's lots of personality in how how the city's responded to it yeah um and have you had like a particular favorite place to go in in london during the lockdown julie for me it's been the parks um i absolutely yeah. love the city but i think especially in a time like this it's just been so nice to get a bit of green space and a bit of nature so um i've spent a lot of time in like greenwich park and dulwich park and peckham rye park um brockwell mm. park and yeah. hill kind of any any park that's within <laughs> a walking distance i've been there um and it's just been yeah it's been great just to get into nature and also for me because again i travel so much normally i don't get a lot of time to do Um, walks and things in parks and it's been great for me to see the changing seasons because it's been you know we've gone Mm. from spring with all the amazing flowers to summer where all the leaves and you know trees are and now we've got autumn going into winter I'm like wow you really do see the progression of the seasons when you're walking kind of every day in the same place you're right Yeah, so London true. like looks really, really brown at the minute, like uh, in a really nice way and like full of autumn yeah. colours and stuff. And it's stuff that you just don't notice when you're walking to work right, every yeah. day or, no. or, or on a tube, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, it's some, something that, you know, I think outside, like certainly before I moved to London, I didn't really know too much about the fact that there are so many parks. There's, yeah. you know, yeah. there's famous ones like Wimbledon Common or Hyde Park or, or things like that, that 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 people know of. But actually, you mentioned Brockwell, which is yeah. huge. and And yeah. Dulwich Park, which has like a kind of a lovely kind of loop around it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which I actually went to earlier in the lockdown and was really, really busy for the people. But actually, <laughs> Well, so uh, I moved um, between between lockdowns, but um, I was sort of, um, I was in Poplar beforehand and I didn't realise that we had a cemetery near us and Victoria Park gets so busy on the weekends mm. and it sounds really morbid to then say that I'd walk to a cemetery every day in <laughs> lockdown. Um, but it was beautiful and it was, it was a really, it's a really wild, really uh, sort of wild cemetery and sort of east london typically was kind of the poorest quarter of the city so it's it's got you know a really poignant graves but it's beautiful and there's bird song and sort of this canopy of trees but also it was quiet because everyone was in victoria park and you get those slices of pure bliss in the city which you don't think that you will find but they are kind of there if you know where to look yeah, definitely. I found the same thing. Um, Nunhead Cemetery is mm. not far from me. That's it's one of the sort of old That's Victorian right. ones. Yeah. Same thing there. It's great. Yeah. It's really, uh, it, it's kind of, I, I actually did a volunteer day in, in Nunhead Cemetery about five or six years ago. Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. With my old company, there was kind of a, a, a sort of, it, it was working with a 
charity to like clear up some more of the land and expand more of the the cemetery out but it was at this time of year and actually nunhead cemetery is so kind of coolly creepy yes at this time of year <laughs> it's like it's exactly like something out of a christmas carol or, or um, <laughs> yeah um and then but then you look at it in the summer and as you say it's really it's really flowing full of uh, uh you know full of greenery it's really nice and pleasant to walk through yeah. um and really interesting too i mean it sounds morbid to say the cemeteries are, <laughs> yeah but, but but i think they're a bit of a they're kind of hidden i think it's the magnificent seven that the yeah. seven kind of amazing um cemeteries of which mm. nunhead and tower hamlets are, are two um but i think it's a bit of london that maybe many people don't realize is there these beautiful gorgeous green cemeteries that are also yeah really quite macabre there's a there's a really <laughs> cool one just off um between old street and liverpool street which is um oh. uh, called bunhill fields which yes. is just um it's just oh. behind the sort of huge territorial army center there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm really selling it to people, but uh, but, but, it's a, uh, but that's really really small, but a lovely little kind of one to to walk through and and a little bit of oasis in a really busy part of the city. Yeah, think, uh, that's great. Yeah, cemeteries. Um, cool cemeteries. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sort of what next for London uh, in this next section, but um, but yeah, that was a really really interesting uh talk of of this strange year in london really <laughs> and hopefully hopefully gave you guys a bit of insight into it too mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we're going to talk a little bit about what next for London. And just to start with, um, just to sort of tie up COVID, really, uh, how are you feeling, Julie, about sort of London post-COVID or how the how 2021 is looking? I'm feeling optimistic. I think once the, hopefully the vaccine is rolled out, mm-hmm. um, things get a bit calmer. People are feeling a bit calmer about being out and about and in open spaces and enclosed spaces. Mm. Um, I think London's going to rebound really quickly. People are ready to come visit again. People are ready to get out again um, who live here. And I think once people um, have that confidence, we'll see things bouncing back fast. Mm. And those people who are coming back, what can they expect that, that will be different from their experience? I think probably depending how quickly things normalize, um, they can probably expect things to be pretty similar to where they are at home. Um, Masks will probably be a thing for a while. Social distancing will probably be in place for a while. So it'll probably be pretty similar to a lot of other places. 
Yeah. To you, does social distancing feel quite natural in London now? Um, it does, yeah. At first it was very strange in the springtime, but I think, yeah, people are so used to it now, it's going to almost feel weird not to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly think so. Like, I, I remember when they first brought bubbles in and my mum came down and bubbled with, with us for a couple of days and I found it really weird to go near someone, and my old mother. Like, it was really, really <laughs> odd. Um, and... Do you think there's an element almost to, you know, fingers crossed, touch word, everything goes right over the next couple of months. Next year could be a bit of a celebration, really, in London. Um, I think it could definitely be that. And I think people would be really open to that happening and, and very excited about it. So fingers crossed. Judy, what are some of the first things that you'll do? Where if, <laughs> assuming we go back to normality, what are some of the things that are like on your bucket? What's on your mm. London bucket list? <laughs> um, well, I absolutely love to eat. So lots of restaurants um, and that kind of thing will be a high on my list. Um, I love museums too. And I've really missed mm. just mm. even just popping in for an hour on the way to somewhere else or going somewhere to see an exhibition or something like that. So um, that's definitely on my list. Um, I never get to the theatre enough, but I do love theatre mm. and I've missed that so that's definitely going to be there but um gosh yeah I could go on and on London's got so much to to do and see yeah I'm really guilty of taking the theatre for granted I think in you know 12 years now of living in London I've I've been to the theatre like less than 10 times which is disgraceful really <laughs> but it's kind of one of those things when you when you don't have it you kind of realize what, what yes what you've lost really and actually so I've really enjoyed people talking about how important the theatres are and yeah. you know um, obviously they've had a really tough time lots of them have had kind of relied on crowdfunders and things like that to still keep on going and actually we've watched a couple of uh of you yeah. know live streams yes. coming from the uh, coming from the old Vic, which is just around the corner. Oh, yeah, here. that's really and, cool. That was really that was really cool. I, I've, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that comedy and live music yeah. uh, as well that they've suffered too. I, I think I just love nothing more than to be in a you know dank, sticky <laughs> underground basement watching a live performance. I would I mean, love that. I mean, yeah, live music for me is the is the biggest it's one. The obviously, like yeah. uh, it's the longest time now that I haven't played a gig. I, I'm a guitarist oh, usually, wow. uh, and and it's been it's been a, a long, long time. But also, I've been to I've managed to squeeze in two gigs at the very start of this year, which is by far well away the least I've ever gone to. Yeah, but still, I bet now. I think that I think, gosh, what's my favorite pub where there's like a live jazz um, jazz night every um, Friday and Saturday, and I totally took it for granted the last couple of times I went and I just wish I could have gone back and properly bottled that moment mm. because that's that's the stuff isn't it that's the the magical where the magic lies yeah oh yeah for sure and you mentioned kind of restaurants as well is there like one you've been particularly missing not specifically no I think just the whole experience of meeting friends and having that just kind mm. of especially mm. dinner in the winter you know having those cozy nights where you're um just kind of sharing food and drinks and in a nice atmosphere and I miss that and I can't wait to do that again and also having someone else cook yeah. for you because obviously we're, we're all turning to cooking so much in lockdown so oh it's such a treat to have someone else cook yeah. for you yeah Bliss. exactly and not yeah. to do the washing up right. yeah <laughs> It, it, it yeah yeah it is it is quite a strange time I mean when we had a little bit of respite when the you know the restaurants were first open again in the summer like we went me and 
my partner rushed to Yanka and Hove, which is an amazing one in Waterloo. And uh, and it was, as you say, so weird to have someone else cooking for you, but also yeah. just, just felt like a real yeah. treat. <laughs> I, <It> was, know. <laughs> I know, I know. Me and my boyfriend went to Shoreditch and had dinner, a really nice Italian, and we were exactly the same. Like every everything, we were like, this is amazing. This tastes incredible. Every <laughs> mouthful. They gave us free desserts because I think we were just so complimentary and so grateful that we weren't having to <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> um so kind of fingers crossed everything being well julie have you got any future travel plans yourself you know i have nothing on the books um Hmm. but i had eight trips get cancelled in april and may and obviously only one of them got rescheduled the one to poland uh, that i took in august so i'm hoping that some of those will get rescheduled once things open back up again next year um i'd also love to go home to california i haven't been home Mm. in a year now and i really miss it and i just love to see um friends and you know revisit san francisco which is where i'm from so that's um um, fingers crossed i will get to do that next year of course especially after such a big year you must want to go yeah yeah. so much has happened especially in the states that's completely understandable where where was on your list then that kind of the trips that were um cancelled yeah there were a bunch of some of them were in the uk um so there was one just even to as close as winchester um and then there Mm. was one to normandy that i was really looking forward to um there was one to italy to the amalfi coast that i I was very happy about yeah so um (laughs) again fingers crossed those all those all get re-slated in for 2021 yeah yeah fingers crossed for that i mean there's some some lovely lovely places there um and uh do you have any kind of like have you how how is your lockdown uh, writing and blogging kind of come on i saw that you've done lots of like kind of guides to your local area and in, in sort of dulwich park and uh and have been writing quite a lot have, have you kind of been uh you know starting up your other projects or anything yeah it's it's been great I've actually been busier than ever because I usually travel so much it's all I can do to just kind of keep my head above water and so now Mm. being locked down I have had all the time in the world to do all those things that I hadn't ever had time to do (laughs) Um, so I've been very productive which is great and it has been good for me like you said, as a writer, to sort of stretch myself to get creative in a time when travel hasn't necessarily really been a thing for most people. And mm-hmm. even especially in in the lockdown earlier this spring, where we really couldn't leave the house much even. So I was doing, you know, blog posts about TV shows set in London and food and drink that you could have to, you know, remind yourself of London or the UK. Um, and people really liked that. So it was kind of a nice thing for me to get that feedback and to stretch myself too, as, um, as just somebody getting creative to to try to work with the situation. Yeah, it's a good testing ground, isn't it? And I think actually, uh, you know, one thing we kind of found as a team at DK was that, you know, there's almost a different way that you talk about travel when you can't Mm. do it. And it almost reinforces the kind of importance of travel for people in terms of, you know, uh, their lives, but also that kind of excitement that's generated from it. And how do you do that when you're not actually able to go to places? Yeah. or you know sell the dream that you can go there anytime soon so yeah but your blog your blog has been lovely I've, I've looked at it a few times yeah and, uh, oh, over the past you. couple of months and it's uh it's definitely worth a worth a look sure. I think it's good thank escapism you. and we all need that right now don't we yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's actually it's been nice for me I've got 
Um, on Instagram, especially, I've got a lot of followers kind of from all over the world. Mm. And when I share, I'm obviously, again, being a lady in London and um, I mean, during lockdown, I've mostly shared photos of London and I've gotten some really sweet comments from people who follow me who aren't in the UK who say, I miss London yeah. so much and it's so great to see your photos. You've, you know, really brought the city to me. And I think, oh, OK, great. It's all worth it. <laughs> Have you like likewise been looking at sort of pictures of San Fran and elsewhere? And kind of, no, uh, it's funny. I've been looking at pictures of a lot of places, but I can't I cannot look at pictures of San Francisco because it just makes me so homesick oh. so, everywhere else everywhere else I've been fine but San Francisco it just it makes me want to cry oh. oh I really hope you get there you know thank early you. next year I really really do you deserve that for sure absolutely yeah thank you well thank you so much for sort of joining us today and sharing a little bit of your kind of like London lockdown story really um Thanks for having me. No, uh, no problem at all. The pleasure's all, all ours, really. But, um, uh, but for listeners uh, wanting to look at your website, it's uh, it's aladyinlondon.com, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can follow you on social media at at a, at a lady in London, right? Exactly. Yeah. At a lady <laughs> I don't know in why London. that that was <laughs> so difficult for me to. <laughs> There's a lot of A's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having yeah, you, you on. Thank you, Julie. And, it's been uh, lovely to meet you. And hopefully we'll, we'll speak to you again soon. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm waving in your direction from East London, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> waving across London. Waving south. Cool. I love it. I'm waving up north to you too. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Whether you want to tread regally in the royal parks and palaces, experience world-beating museums or sample the East End's thriving art scene, your DKR Witness Travel Guide makes sure you experience all that London has to offer. Find DKR Witness London in all good bookshops or via the link in our episode bio. And once again, a massive thank you to Julie. It was so nice to talk about home. Yes, it really was. Uh, <laughs> so many insights and actually uh, more ideas for, for the rest of this mini lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so huge cheers to Julie. And uh, join us next time where we'll be visiting Dublin and Ireland in the company of Nicola Brady. Uh, that episode will be available on the 17th of December. So we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Where to Go was produced by the team at DKR Witness, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson. For more information about DKR Witness, follow us on social media at DKR Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.